Welcome to Light Steps Live. Our mission is to open the Word of God to edify the believer and evangelize the world, that people who follow Jesus can walk in the light as He is in the light. What is righteousness? What does it truly mean to be blessed? How do we become the salt of the earth in these times? Today's teaching from Matthew chapter 5 verses 10 through 16 answers those questions. One of the points Jesus is making back here in Matthew chapter number 5 and verse number 10 is that is that uh, that you know the source of happiness is really Knowing so much your hunger and sticking so close to him that no matter what happens, you won't let go of him. He's the source of happiness. So you're, you know, let me be, uh, give a ridiculous paraphrase. Okay. You want to be really happy and blessed. Then you guys hold on to me, even if you're getting a behind kicking for holding on to me. Because if you let go, you'll just have the behind kicking. But if you hold on, you'll get over the behind kicking and I'll be with you. And you've got the thing that is ultimately going to satisfy, ultimately going to satisfy you, ultimately going to bring you peace and joy beyond measure throughout all eternity. And so blessedness isn't everything going easy. Blessedness is being identified with Christ. Blessedness is fellowship with him. Happiness then isn't everything going our way. Happiness is us going every way with Christ. Every way Christ would command us. That's that's happiness. So when Jesus says in this opening part of the Sermon on the Mount, when he says that the in in the Beatitudes and he says blessed are those who persecute for righteousness sake, what he's saying is Man, you really are on the full course, eternal pursuit of happiness when you hold on to me no matter what, even if they're getting after you for holding on to me. I'm telling y'all, if this virus is getting you down, if shelter in place is getting you down, if not being able to shop and travel is getting you down, if watching too much TV and looking at the walls of your house is getting you down, if having to work a lot because of the crisis is getting you down, I am exhorting you, begging you, challenging you, hold on to Jesus. Hold on to Jesus. And I think the formula here is for righteousness sake. <laughs> you know, blessed are others... Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and other utter all kinds of evil and falsehood on my account. So it's all about righteousness. It's all about holding on to Jesus. You know, keep pursuing righteousness. Um, what's righteousness? I, the shortest definition I could give to honor the time would be this. Righteousness is acting in the justice of which God is the author. Doing the sort of right God would do. It's an oversimplification. Right. And so in verses 11 and 12, you know, Jesus basically says, you know, you'll be blessed when you take it verbally, when they revile you. You'll be blessed when they make it personal, when they make it about you hanging on to me. When they make it about Christians, you'll be blessed. When they make it about Christian, you'll be blessed if you hang on to me. And make sure that you're defining righteousness the right way. Jesus says when it's on my account. If somebody, like if you get a ticket for speeding, that's, you know, that's not for righteousness sake. You can say, but I was on my way to church. 
Hello, you should have got up earlier. <laughs> That's not for righteousness sake. When clinging to the name of Jesus and not recanting your confession, holding fast to your confession, doing what God says is right, when it costs you, Jesus says you, you know, when it's on his account, you're, you're blessed. You're on the pathway to the largest, most secure kind of happiness. And he winds up saying in verse 12, like, there's this really great reward. There's this really great reward. Your reward would be great in heaven. They, and you know what he says is they persecute the prophets too. In other words, you'll be in good company. So, you know, keep doing right. Keep doing good. Keep being good. Keep believing in and hanging on to Jesus. And you'll be in good company with those who are hanging on. And even if it kills you, you'll be in company with those who have hung on. All right. So what is the, the, the point of reference here that I mentioned? The point of reference is they treated Jesus bad. How'd you expect the world to treat you? There is a reward, right? And Christ is going to include you in that reward. So I think he, he, he turns and says, all right, now in the face of persecution, there are three things you need to always be thinking of. Number one, number one, be salt. Be salt. And every opportunity you have to be salt, be salt. That's actually what he says. You are the salt of the earth. Then he brings in this sort of question. But if salt has lost its flavor. Hmm. If salt has lost its saltiness. Now, anybody who's taken even high school chemistry out there is going, how can salt lose its saltiness? Because what makes salt? Salt is sodium chloride. Get the image from the ancient times. Salt was mined, uh, you know, out of these rocky areas. And what, what would happen is, you know, they would run water, water would run through these rocky areas. And many times it would dissolve the sodium chloride. And if you know anything about sodium chloride, uh, if you know, you've been to the ocean, <laughs> you know, what it does is as it dries, the compound comes back together. But what's left behind in the washed stuff? Just a rock. Sodium chloride is washed out. And that's the image Jesus has gotten. He's like, okay, what is happening is something is coming down through here. Okay. And it's taking the salt out of this rocky salt. And what's left is just the rock. If we allow these times of crisis to drive Jesus out of us, then what's left behind, it's not worth anything. Jesus basically, basically says, you know, uh, what you got left here is uh, something to be walked on. In other words, all you got left is the gravel. That's what he says in verse 13. It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. It's like if the if the rock, rock salt, you know, the mind material, if we've taken the salt out, then all we have is the rock. And what's the rock good for? Making gravel. Okay. If believers allow these times of crisis to, 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 make them in the flesh, to take them off of abiding in Jesus, then what we become is, is, you know, eternally useful. Useless, excuse me. If we've lost our saltiness, we've lost our, our ability to have eternal impact on people, godly impact. So get that illustration. Um, I like where Jesus says in Mark chapter 9, verse 50, says, have salt in you. All right, have salt in you. Let me see if I can illustrate this in kind of a, a down home way. 
Um, so there's this there's this friend I have, and they they were they were on this full blown rant Monday, a couple days ago. They were on this full blown rant because of two things that had happened at the grocery store. Number one, for the third time in a row, they could not find any toilet paper. And they also could not find any shrimp cocktail. It's that terrible. No toilet paper, no shrimp cocktail. And I finally, you know, I listened to them because that's what you do. You listen to each other. But And we were alone. I wasn't trying to embarrass them. And after we had a good laugh, I says, hey, can I share this story? And they're like, absolutely. Don't tell my name. I was like, I won't. I said, number one, number one, do you think you'll die without shrimp cocktail? No, but I really wanted some. I said, come on now. Will you die without shrimp cocktail? You know, because I was in there struggling with my heart because we they were out of uh, chocolate moose tracks ice cream. So I was I was struggling too. They're like, yeah, you're right. But what is it with all the toilet paper? I said, wait a minute. Let me ask, let me ask you a series of questions. Number one, you know, do you know that the common use of toilet paper is, you know, at best like 150 years old? At best. It's probably not that old. Probably more like 100. It's like, so what? I grew up. I'm used to it. I said, okay, okay. All right. In other words, mankind has been around a long time without toilet paper. But also, I says, do you have toilet paper? They said, yeah, but what if I run out? I said, stop. You have toilet paper, but you're renting over not having toilet paper. Consider the irony here. And I finally said, listen, it's just me and you here. All right. Are you honoring Christ in the way you behave? Are you bringing flavor to this crisis? Are you bringing the flavor of Jesus? I said, because I'm telling you, I don't know what you're working with right now. That's what I told him. I said, you work, you're not working with that McCormick seasoning. You offering some off-brand stuff. And we, you know, they kind of like, I know, I know. And, and then we got to the real stuff where we could minister to one another. They're just under stress. They were just blowing off. But I just said, listen, listen, none of this is a big deal. You still got Jesus. Jesus still has you, Right. How do we serve God during this time? How do we let, how do we let ourselves, how do we let ourselves get so caught up in him that the salt doesn't get washed out of us? Am I making sense to somebody out there? Lord, I pray I am. It's like Jesus is saying, in the face of being beat down for believing in me, preserve your distinction, preserve your saltiness. I would say that's the challenge for us too. Secondly, secondly, I would say we also have the challenge to not, to not cover our light. Okay. There's this time you can look it up. I just see our time is running, flying by. There's this time where the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter five, verse number 20, he says, woe unto you who call good evil and evil good. Okay. What he says is like, there's this world and it's turned upside down and, and Israel had lost sense of what was right and what was wrong. And they were calling things that God, God would call evil. Israel was calling good and things God was calling good. Israel was treating them as evil. And I says, it's like, whoa to you, right? In other words, they, they, they had lost their saltiness and they had also lost their ability to, to discern 
was right and wrong. They had lost the content, the substance of it, but they had also lost the light that helped them identify the difference between good and good and evil. And so Jesus, you are salt. You are light. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. We, we are positioned for just such a time as this. All you guys who enjoy the story of Esther, like I do, I enjoy the story of Esther, right? What, you're born now. God is, God has divinely positioned us so that right now we, the church can be his people. We can have the substance of salt. And we can have the aura of light and we can have the kind of works that that bless and preserve and create moral uprightness and do right by people for the glory of God. We can shine our light and we might God might use us in these difficult circumstances to lead others to praise God. So it's like Jesus is saying, when you are being persecuted for following me, don't lose your salt. Don't cover your light. Okay, but what he's also saying is, uh, let your saltiness be an effect on things and let your light shine. There's the negative and the positive. In this crisis, that's the same thing being said to us. Okay, number one, don't lose your saltiness. But 1A, let your salt make an impact. Number two, don't cover your light. 2A, let your light shine. Okay. What then will happen according to Jesus in Matthew chapter five, verse 16? He says, people will see your good works and you'll give glory to God. Okay. In conclusion, born again, believers are salt. Born again, believers are light. The most trying situations and circumstances create the most notable opportunities for salt and light to be noticed. This pandemic is not persecution for our faith, but it is the sort of crisis that creates the sort of opportunity for us to rise and shine, for us to stabilize and to flavor. Think about that, my brothers and sisters. Think about it deeply. That concludes our episode for today. My prayer for you is that you would embrace the true meaning of being blessed as it is found in the incredible joy of being with Christ rather than anything we can do in this life. Join us next week as we walk through more of Matthew chapter 5. Have you ever thought about visiting our website? It's lightsteps.live. Go visit the website. Find links to our daily devotions. Find access to the books the ministry has written. And also find a space that you can donate and a place that you can contact the ministry to share your questions or your prayer requests with us. We can't wait to hear from you. That's lightsteps.live. Thank you for joining us on Light Steps Live today. My name is Katie Bose, and the rest of our production team is Andrew Liggett, Shannon Allen, and Steve Riley. Music provided by Banjo Ben Clark. Connect with Banjo Ben at banjobenclark.com. 
Tim Bowes is a pastor of East Rock Community Church and the executive director of My Life Matters, a gospel ministry with a focus on making disciples who become lifelong followers of Jesus. Discover more about My Life Matters at mylifematters.club.